Hey, it's Jordan. We'll fire up the Chill Factory in about 20 seconds. First, I want to make sure that you have the Chill Factory app. It's an amazing podcast companion that helps you relax between episodes and forever. Stay tuned to the end of this episode because I'll be giving a special password so that you and 99 other listeners can use all of the Chill Factory app's features for free. It's the difference between saying, my God, what's wrong with that person? And saying, oh my gosh, what is going on? And then to be able to take that same compassionate stance with ourselves. Hi, and welcome to The Chill Factory. I'm Jordan Friedman. Have you ever experienced a trauma? How about your family members or friends or colleagues? Well, chances are you and they have, because 70% of adults say they've experienced at least one trauma in their lives, and 30% have experienced at least four traumas. This is according to a 2016 survey by the World Mental Health Consortium. So it's no wonder that trauma, along with stress and anxiety and resilience, is one of the most talked about topics in mental health today. But given all of that, could you even properly define trauma? We're about to have an important conversation about all of the above with Mary Dino. She's a New York City-based licensed clinical social worker who has worked in the fields of mental health and trauma-informed care for three decades. Currently, Mary is Director of Mental Health and Trauma for CAI Global, and we'll put her full bio in the show notes. And I get that talking about trauma can be tough and painful, and it may not be number one on your list, but I found my conversation with Mary to be really comfortable and important because just being aware and up to speed on trauma can be enormously helpful personally, and it can be really important for our relationships because we may be completely unaware of people's past experiences. Hi, Mary, and welcome to The Chill Factory. Thank you, Jordan. It's really a pleasure to be here today with you and your audience. Great to have you here. Let's define what trauma is. So in other words, will you define what trauma is? Yeah, you know, it's really a great opening question because trauma can mean different things to different people. Uh, and it does mean different things to different people. We know that in the medical world, you know, trauma means, you know, a physical wounding, right? And trauma does come from the Greek word for wound. So it's also really apt when speaking about psychological trauma, because for someone uh, to experience trauma, something has to have happened that causes some kind of psychic wounding. You know, trauma doesn't arise from a chemical imbalance, from a, quote, character flaw. It arises because of an exposure to, to something that's been so severe or so intense that it overwhelms a person's capacity to cope, right? And when that happens, the person enters into an automatic survival state, right? We often hear this referred to as fight, flight, or freeze. More recently, there's also been a fourth F added, which I think is really appropriate due to, you know, the increasing awareness of trauma in the social zeitgeist. You know, the fourth F is fawn. And fawn is when a person will give over to a situation or give over to an attacker, right, in service of their own survival or into the survival of others. To really emphasize the fact that this 
fight, flight, freeze, fawn reaction is an automatic response. So trauma is the actual event that happens that overwhelms a person's capacity to cope. And it also refers to the long-lasting effects of these events or of these circumstances, right? And how they affect a person's mental, physical, social, emotional, and spiritual well-being. And this can happen by having a direct experience of the traumatic event. It can also happen when witnessing this type of traumatic event happen to somebody else. And are these reactions to events, is it a matter of degrees? And I ask because I feel like today we're living on a trauma train where there is one traumatic event after another happening in the world. So I sometimes think of the pandemic and weather disasters and even what I might define as a political disaster based on my beliefs and desires as traumatic events that are having a big impact on me. And I hear lots of others talking in the same ways about these things. But is is that going overboard? Are those things traumas or are we out of bounds when we're thinking in these ways about them? Mm. Uh, another really good question. You know, um, when we talk about trauma, we're not talking about the typical ups and downs uh, that that occur in life, right? We are talking about things that really, uh, as I said earlier, overwhelm a person's capacity to cope. Having said that, trauma is also really a highly subjective experience. So two people in the same family, in the same community who are experiencing the same event may or may not experience them as traumatic, right? So trauma really happens at the intersection of a person's individual resources and challenges. So what they bring to the table based on who they are, their biology, and what their experiences have been, and how those intersect and interact with what's happening in the social environment. So this is where resilience comes into the picture here. Yes, yes, because resilience um, resilience is not only the ability to bounce back after adversity. Resilience is also the ability to anticipate situations that may be difficult for a person or a group to manage and to prepare to take healthy and perhaps protective strategies ahead of time, right? So take preventive steps, if you will. So all of us have natural resilience. Everybody has it. And people who've experienced a lot of trauma and adversity often have great stores of resilience. They really know how to take a difficult situation and, and to work their way through it. Jordan, you know better than almost anybody else that stress in and of itself is not a bad thing, right? Without stress, we'd all be couch potatoes, right? We wouldn't be able to learn. We wouldn't be able to grow, right? It's when that stress and adversity becomes overwhelming and when it's also coupled with these elements of unpredictability and violence, 
where it where it becomes traumatic. The more trauma we experience, the more sensitive we are to adversity and stress in ways that it could feel like like there's always something coming at us. Yeah. Is it possible to get tired of being resilient? After all, the effects of a trauma can go on for years and a lifetime. Yes, absolutely. Because trauma is a body-mind-spirit uh, event, if you will, right? It impacts all of those things, right? And it can take a great amount of energy, right? Even at a mental level to keep going if you're impacted by the effects of trauma, right? And certainly, I think, uh, what's been brought to the fore over these past, you know, 18 to 20 months with the pandemic, right, with attention to racial violence and social injustice, um, to the fact that, wow, trauma really does affect not just individuals, but communities and nations, which can really impact our ability to feel safe, right? All these things can certainly be really exhausting. People of color, communities that have been oppressed over long periods of time, they certainly know this better than those of us who come from more privileged classes. So there can certainly be a sense of exhaustion. An important part of this as well is that we can walk around having experienced trauma, but for most people with whom we interact, they're not aware of what we've been through, either because it just hasn't come up, they don't know us well enough, we haven't shared about our personal lives with them. So it can almost be like being in a pinball machine where you're making your way through this thing called life and there are uh, different things that people say or things that people do, something you see in the world and it sets off a stress response connected to the trauma that you experienced. I recently saw a great video on YouTube. It's a, it's a short film, a documentary called Whale Eyes, and I'm trying to get the filmmaker to be a, a guest on a future episode of The Chill Factory. But he talked about the thousand injustices every day that he experiences because of his visual impairment. And as a fellow visually impaired person, I so identified with him when he talked about this. It's not because the rest of the world wakes up every morning and decides, I'm going to make it difficult for someone who is having challenges or someone who's traumatized. I'm going to make their day difficult by doing this, that, and the other thing. No, it's because that's just the way life is. So it can be really tiring because you can't control what other people are doing. You can communicate with them. You can try and educate them. You can share with them why uh, what they did or said might be uh, difficult for you. But boy, when you're trying to live your life and you have a lot of stuff to do and you have a lot of responsibilities, that can be really tiring and really draining. So uh, when I think about the question of can you just become tired of being resilient and tired of dealing with with the effects of, of trauma. That's very much what I, I'm thinking. And this filmmaker really uh, stated it in a very clear way in his words and in his film. 
you know, to have to educate and work against inequity and trauma and uh, aggression and bias when you are experiencing it at the same time is really, uh, it's really exhausting and it's really difficult. So uh, the thing is, how do we stay in touch with our own dignity, our own sense of purpose, uh, our own self-care, and our own um, connection to what's meaningful to us while we're doing this. And however we can do that is the thing that's going to be able to increase our energy and increase our ability and capacity to move through life with intelligence and grace. If we can shift our perception enough to look at something with compassion and with realizing that people are just doing all they can to get through through the day sometimes, that can not only help us to be able to interact with people in ways that are safer, are more uh, intelligent, and that enable that other person to come forward and start to consider what is going to help them the most in that moment. It also reduces our own stress level. It's the difference between saying, my God, what's wrong with that person? As Oprah would say, that person is such a jerk. And saying, oh my gosh, like what is going on? And then to be able to take that same compassionate stance with ourselves, to really embrace the fact that we have been through adversity and that things are going to be tough and that sometimes we have less than healthy or less than wonderful responses to it, to embrace ourselves around that, you know, is really, I think, the first step. Mary, you also made me think about prevention. People won't be as engaged to learn how to reduce their stress and anxiety at a point when they're not feeling stressed or anxious. But I would argue that the nature of trauma, especially the nature of trauma, is that it's unpredictable. So when you are experiencing a trauma, it can really uh, throw you off balance. It's like trying to operate during an earthquake. And it's hard to think on the spot uh, about who to reach out to or what technique, you know, that guy mentioned three years ago in a workshop. I'd really like to use that now. So this conversation with you is is a good reminder to, you know, learn to, uh, techniques now to uh, fill up your uh, toolkit as much as you can with stress reducers, even if you don't need them at the moment, because most of us will need them at some point and probably more than once. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, certainly what you're saying is also true, you know, goes from the practices for uh, managing stress and certainly practices for for managing trauma. Um, the more that you can practice and incorporate these types of techniques and strategies into your daily life, the more prepared you're going to be not only for facing the unpredictable, but Jordan, as you were saying, you know, we're living in a time where there's pandemics, you know, there's, we know that things are, could be just around the corner, right? We have to almost 
gird ourselves on a daily basis for encountering things that are going to be unpleasant and and potentially remind us of past traumas that maybe we or our communities have been through. So let me frame this particularly to trauma. So one thing that's really insidious about trauma is that it can make it really difficult to deal with complexity, right? And we live in very complex times. And so the fallback is for our brains then to go into a hyper alert state, right? If we don't know where adversity is going to be coming from, or we anticipate that it's coming all the time, right? We're, our brains are going to be way more sensitive to signs of danger than, than it is at baseline, right? That it is naturally. So when that starts to happen, then our thinking and our perceptions become very bifurcated. So things become either, uh, we see them as either all good or all bad. They're going to be um, completely safe or I'm completely at risk. Every it, Something is all right or it's all wrong, right? So to the extent that we can do things to help ourselves not get into that place, right? To be able to tolerate discomfort, to be able to have a calm enough nervous system that when something unpredictable comes along, right, our thinking brain is going to stay online and work with our emotional brain to be able to manage things in a way that's, that's reasonable enough. Um, the more then we're going to be able to maintain this sense of, okay, this is tough, but I can do something about it. The more that we're going to be able to approach things in a healthy place stay healthy, and interact with people in ways that we're going to maintain our values around kindness and compassion and thoughtfulness. If we exercise, if we eat well, if we get good sleep, these are certainly going to help our physical selves, and they also help our mental and spiritual selves. If we can meditate, this is going to increase our capacity to, to manage and tolerate discomfort. This is where we're going to open ourselves up to wisdom and ideas beyond what our everyday perceptions are like. If we can honor ourselves enough that we feel and practice self-care in a way that's intentional, these are the things that are going to be able to get us to grow through those storms and the trauma and even manage the ups and downs of everyday life in ways that help us to grow as people. Beautifully and clearly said. And yes, these are the roots that help the tree stay in the ground when storms come along. Another way that we can really get through these really difficult social experiences that we are you know, mired in right now at this point in time is to consider how we can be of service to others, right? It can be really one of the best remedies for personal malaise and suffering. You know, when we think about the roots of the tree, we think about those big roots, but there's also lots and lots of little roots that, that the tree also has that are helping it to absorb those nutrients and to, to stay stable, right? So any interaction with any individual person that, that's kind, that's generous, is also part of, of, of taking care of others. So it might be 
volunteering at an organization. It might also be just the way we do our everyday interactions with people. Mary Dino, thanks so much for coming by the Chill Factory. This was a great conversation, and this is such important information to take out into the world. Thank you. You're welcome, Jordan. It was truly a pleasure. Thank you. If you or someone you know are experiencing trauma or the aftermath of a traumatic experience or other mental health concerns, Mary left us with some great resources that we will put in the show notes. Visualization is a really cool stress and anxiety reduction technique that's been around and researched for decades. It has us imagine ourselves in pleasant and peaceful places and situations, such as at the beach or by a lake. Studies have consistently found that doing so, even for very short periods of time, produces some of the same benefits as actually being in these places, namely reduced heart rate, reduced breathing rate, and a reduction in stress hormones, which make us feel uncomfortable and overwhelmed and anxious and out of sorts. So let's try a little visualization sampler for two minutes. If you'd like, close your eyes and imagine yourself with all of your senses in the places and situations that are suggested. You're curled up in bed under a big blanket reading your favorite novel. You're sailing across an endless blue bay, your bright red sail rippling in the wind. You're relaxing in an outdoor hot tub on a mountaintop overlooking a snowy valley. You're gazing up into a starry, moonlit night. Welcome back. So when you're feeling stressed and anxious or you need to reboot, Take a minute to imagine yourself in a peaceful situation or place. You can write them down ahead of time so you'll be able to refer to them. You can record them or you can be guided by them on the Chill Factory app. 
Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Chill Factory app and enter the special password Imagine when prompted. And this will allow you to use all of the Chill Factory app's features for free for one year from the original post date of this episode. It's quitting time for this episode of The Chill Factory. I'm Jordan Friedman. Thanks so much for listening. The Chill Factory is produced by The Stress Coach, and you can find all sorts of additional resources at thechillfactory.net, including our show notes, which have links to resources mentioned during this episode. You can also listen to all episodes of The Chill Factory there and leave us a voice comment or question. Just look for the blue tab on the right side of all sites pages. And be sure to follow or subscribe to The Chill Factory so you'll know when new episodes are available. And as author and poet Louisa May Alcott said, I'm not afraid of storms, for I am learning how to sail my ship.